Hi folks, Curtis Shelburne here, and welcome to the Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. A good place just to be and breathe and hang out for a while as we share some words about life in Christ. And that's all of it, I think. Life, that is. The good, the bad, the fun, the sad, the deepest joys, the toughest sorrows, all of it. I think we're going to have a good time, and I hope you enjoy this. I hope you'll tell your friends about it, and I hope you come back. This episode, episode number 21, is called Newsflash. Santa's sleigh almost crashed due to improper icicling. Well, maybe that'll get your attention, and I'll tell you that sad story and very dangerous and almost heart-wrenching story in just a bit. Hard to believe, isn't it, that we're moving on into December now? As I'm recording here, that's where we're sitting. Looking forward to it. I always love the time. I love Christmas. And I love Advent, the time that leads up to Christmas. That's been around for centuries now, but it took me a long time to discover it. I just didn't grow up in a tradition that celebrated Advent. And now I see why way back there centuries ago, many centuries ago, the early Christians decided that a time of preparation was in order. It really helps me to get ready for the season, to prepare my heart for the coming of the Lord. When we talk about Advent, a word which has to do with coming, we're really talking about Christ's coming on at least three different levels. We're talking about his coming the first time, of course, at Bethlehem. What a beautiful time. What an incredibly amazing event as God became man, God incarnate, God in the flesh. And, of course, we're talking about him coming into our own lives, coming into our hearts as we follow him as Lord and Savior. And, of course, that happens in a beautiful way as we begin the Christian walk. It also can happen each day as we invite him in yet again, and we choose to allow him to be the Lord of our lives and to honor him as such. And then there is a third level. During Advent, historically, a really big part of the whole thing has to do with looking forward to his coming again, to the second coming of Christ. And so we prepare our hearts for that as well. We look forward to his coming, and we proclaim that he will come again, and we believe that. Our hope is in that. What an amazing thing, these three comings of Christ, and Advent has to do with all of that. There are also some amazing, fun traditions that have come to be associated with Advent. We light the candles. Each of the four Sundays of Advent, before Christmas Day, we light the candles, an additional candle, each Sunday as we mark the time waiting for His coming and preparing our hearts. We started doing that this year, of course, last Sunday, as I'm recording. This is one of those years where there is not a Sunday between Thanksgiving, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, and the first Sunday in Advent, so we jumped right into it. We still got a lot of decorating to do at the church. It's looking beautiful already, but there's more to do. We've still got a little more decorating to do at the house, but we got a lot of that started this week. And so here we go. Hard to believe. Now it is, as I'm recording, Advent 2020. What a year this has been. What a strange time in so many ways. And yet, maybe in a special way, going through some difficulty some unusual times, will help us be more than usually open to Christ's coming in a very special way in our lives. 
Maybe we'll open our hearts and our minds. We'll listen more. And maybe we'll find a special blessing this year, even in the difficulty. I sure hope that's right. I think it can come. I know it can. And I pray that God gives us that blessing as we celebrate his coming. One of the great things about this time of year is that we all have family traditions that mean a great deal to us. That's one of the things that makes it such a sweet time, isn't it? That we can come back and we can do this or that, just like we've always done it during Christmas seasons. It reminds us of great Christmases past, and we can create some new traditions. And we look forward to great Christmases to come. It was time for us on this particular past weekend to get busy with the decorating. And so my wife crawled under the stairwell where we have a lot of the Christmas decorations boxed up and stacked away. I was just outside waiting for her to push the various boxes outside to me as we dove into the process one more time. Yeah, we got everything pulled out. We got it unboxed and we got to work. And the house looks really Christmassy now. Yes, I went and got the tree from where it's stored. It is an artificial tree. One time before I die, I'd like to have a real one again. I love that smell. I'm not allergic to it. I love it. I embrace it. But right now, we've got a pretty good artificial tree. I like it about as well as any we've ever had. I'm pretty sure it was, well, very likely made by Buddhists in China. Who knows? What a strange thing and how ironic. Nothing against Buddhists, but really a Christmas tree anyway. Ah, enough of that. But I got the tree. I set it up. I managed to get the lights, some of which had gone on the fritz for no apparent reason. I managed to get their fritz cured, and we had all the lights burning, and then I started doing the tinsel and the cranberry wreaths. They're not real cranberries, but they're pretty. And we started all through the process of hanging the ornaments and everything, and now we have a beautiful Christmas tree up. That's part of our tradition. We also had eggnog. That's part of our tradition. We chant salmonella every year. It's worth it. That stuff is good. Anyway, we got started, and our house is looking very Christmassy at this point. One of the things that I got to do last weekend was to sing at the lighting of our city's Christmas tree. Because of the COVID-19 restrictions, we couldn't have many people gathered there, but we live-streamed it, and it was a lot of fun. It was cold. It was easy to dress up uh, looking warm. We needed the warmth, and the tree was beautiful, and so I got to sing a little bit. I really enjoyed that. I hope to do quite a bit more of that. But because of the COVID restrictions, a lot of my Christmas singing has dried up, of course, this year. I hate that. I love doing the Christmas singing. But may I just say, maybe this is a good time to consider buying some good Christmas music. And may I just say... I happen to have a Christmas CD that I recorded a few years ago, a Christmas album. And if you want to go over to my website, www.curtisshelburn.com, C-U-R-T-I-S-S-H-E-L-B-U-R-N-E.com, you can purchase some music. Oh yeah, some Christmas music for sure, and some other music if you'd like. I love the Christmas music. I loved making that album. It was so much fun. We went to North Carolina to record the instrumentals on all of that. I'll always remember that. Then we went back to Amarillo and recorded in the studio the vocals. What a great time it was. All oh, those are beautiful songs. They're so much fun. Some of them are the fun stuff. Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. 
the Christmas song, Chestnuts Roasting or an Open Fire. Oh, I love that song. One of my favorite songs to sing. Amy, my daughter-in-law, did a duet with me on a song called Mary, Sweet Mary. That one's probably not familiar to you, but oh, you would love it. I love that song and so many more. In fact, if you're interested in purchasing some of that music, yeah, go to the website and you can either purchase it there and I'll mail it to you. You can download things digitally there or just shoot me an email and say I'm interested and I'll tell you how to get it. I'll reply to you and we'll make that happen. Right now, we've just talked about Advent. Let me share a song from the album with you. This one is one that really is more of an Advent song than uh, it's a hymn. It's a beautiful hymn than a Christmas hymn because it talks about the coming of our Lord Jesus. Ted Wilson, great friend and partner of my producer, Daryl Bledsoe, up in Nashville, now the director of the Nashville Jazz Orchestra, did the arrangement for this song. And we recorded it a cappella there in the studio in Amarillo. Oh, I love this song. And this is on the album. Division cease 
and be thyself a King of peace. Rejoice, 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 Emmanuel shall come to thee, Yes, indeed, Lord, we pray that you'll come. We pray that our hearts will be ready as you come again. We thank you for coming at Bethlehem. We pray that you'll come again each moment in our lives. We look forward to your coming again to make all things new, all things right. Thank you, Father, for this time. Well, lots of good music this time of year. Some of it's just fun. It's all a blessing from God. And what a beautiful thing and a beautiful season that some of the most beautiful music that's ever been written in this world was written to celebrate his coming. I'm so thankful for that, and I pray that your holiday will be filled with some of that beautiful music this year. If I can help a little with that, again, head over to www.curtisshelburn.com and see what you find. And now, let's focus on faith. My earliest Christmas memories are mostly wrapped around our family's Christmas trees. I remember Mom making creamy hot chocolate and my sister stacking the spindle of the old record player with an inch-high pile of vintage vinyl Christmas music. I now know that that spindle was part of, I am pretty sure, the Crosley stackomatic mechanism that record players used back then. Notice the record player didn't even bill itself as stereo. That was later to come. It did bill itself as high fidelity, whatever that meant uh, exactly. But the Crosley stackomatic unit allowed you to be able to stack way more inches than is probably wise of vinyl, one on top of the other, on that spindle. I guarantee you my generation remembers that sound. You remember the sound of the mechanism on the record player as the arm goes up and it moves out of the way and you hear the splat of the record that you hope just won if the Crosley stackomatic works like it's supposed to. And then you hear the arm come over and you see it go down and then you hear that of the needle on the vinyl itself on the record. Now vinyl's coming back. I don't know if the Crosley stackomatic is coming back. I haven't seen any of those. But that's what we were using, and it's a very distinctive sound. The music was beautiful. Nat King Cole will always be my favorite. And then you had Perry Como, Tennessee Ernie Ford. Oh, I like those guys too. The Norman Luboff Choir, and so much more. Well, that was Christmas at our house, and I remember the music so well. I'm so glad to have been able to add a little of my own music to it, by the way. That's not an ad again, just saying. Most years, the tree had already been bought at where else? 
where we always bought our tree, and they were always real, Amarillo's Boy Scout Troop 80 Christmas Tree Lot. I was a member of Troop 80 and thus expected to help sell trees each year. My younger brother was not, not a member of Troop 80, but he was a wheeler dealer sort who liked selling trees and often, as I recall, managed to pawn off more trees than most of the genuine Boy Scouts. Jacob, I mean Jim, Always felt Jacob of old settled for far too little when he sold his hungry brother Esau that bowl of stew and only got a birthright for it. Jim would have held out for hard cash and then the birthright at the end as a balloon payment of sorts. We leaned the tree in the garage for a day or a few on its amputation site stump in a bucket of water while it waited to be lit and glorified. Anchoring the tree in the stand was a chore. Jim and I were the ones who got to crawl under the scratchy boughs and slide around on our wood floor at the house to turn each screw just the right amount. It was never, I mean never, straight the first time. Then my 15 years older sister, the unquestioned head honcho of the process, would ascend to perform the task of highest honor as she put on the lights, bubble lights, snowball lights, and all a job in later years graciously bequeathed to me. You remember those lights? I found a set of bubble lights recently, a modern iteration of the old bubble lights. I wanted my grandkids to experience bubble lights, and so we have now for several years. They're on our tree, bubbling away. Takes me right back home. Well, Ruthie was in charge of that, and like I say, a little bit later, that job fell to me. It was quite an honor, a big rite of passage, really. Then we had the ornaments to hang, a tedious task. I never did really enjoy hanging the ornaments. And may I just tell you, the ornaments that we hung, I still have a few of them, and some of them had some character. But I learned later, and isn't it amazing how the Christmas traditions merge together, I learned later to like the varied and multicolored and multi-styled ornaments that my wife would hang on our Christmas tree. She knew to buy ornaments whenever we go on vacation. She knew to buy ornaments for each of the kids. She knew to buy ornaments that were specially designed for special occasions and special events and all of those things. She has so many beautiful and variously produced ornaments that our tree, I just love it. I love the variety, the multiplicity of styles of ornaments all over that tree. Oh, I think our trees that we've had since we've been married, since our kids have been around, are just beautiful. And one of the things I like most about them are those ornaments. A lot of them mean something very special to us, and I like that a lot. I thought our trees as a kid were beautiful. They were. But I kind of realize now that they were a little bit infected with some of that modern contemporary kind of, uh, what's the word, malignancy that came upon us in the 50s or so when buildings and architecture, lots of stuff started looking kind of eh, just cold and sterile. Our trees were never cold and sterile, but we didn't have many different styles of ornaments. Most of them were round. We had a few icicle-looking ornaments. We had some... Well, those were kind of neat, and I've got a few of those left, and they take me right back, and I love those. My little brother Jim has one of the strings of lights that came from that tree. They were the big ones. They had 
you know, serious wire down that string, and he lights them at least once every year as an homage to Christmas's past. He doesn't leave them lit because they're probably not rated for that by this time. But that just reminds us of some of those great Christmases, great memories. Well, we would hang the ornaments. That came after the lights were put on, of course. It was a tedious task, but it was nothing like as bad as the final stage in the process, hanging the icicles. You know, come to think of it, I don't see those long, thin, silvery strands of foil or plastic, those, quote, icicles on trees much anymore. I hope never again to have to put any of them on one of mine. Do you remember those? According to my sister, they had to be hung with great care, one at a time. Do you remember the boxes? Ten million or so of those, quote, icicles came in a box. You drag one out of the box and carefully place it over a tree branch. It was essential my sister assured us, to start at the back near the trunk and make sure the icicle hung straight down on both sides of the branch. Straight down. No clumps. Which is why Jim's preferred method of grabbing a paw full of icicles and launching the whole wad in the general direction of the tree was sternly forbidden. No! One at a time. Until you froze there died there, decayed there, and Christmas never came, and it was spring, and you were still hanging icicles, one at a time. I don't know what we thought would happen, apart from sure death at the hands of my sister, if we didn't hang the icicles exactly right, and she was the one also who told us when the icicling was over. It was never over. But what would happen if we didn't do it right? Would Santa's sleigh suddenly crash in flight, and the FAA later determine and publish for the whole world full of weeping, giftless children to see that the cause was icing? Not on the sleigh, but improper tree icicling by two Shelburne boys at 125 North Goliad, Amarillo, Texas, whose wanton and reckless disregard had killed Santa? Icicling. I'm pretty sure we never did it exactly right, but I remember wandering into the living room as a little lad clad in those great PJs that came complete with feet. I love those things. Lying down pretty much under the tree, getting as close as you could and kind of scooting on that slick wood floor as much under the tree as you could get, looking up through its branches, and drinking in the beauty. You know something? By God's grace, Christmas trees don't have to be perfect to be beautiful. Neither do lives. Well, again, thank you for joining us on this Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. I'm so glad you chose to join us, and I hope you'll come back and spend some time with us again. If you like it, why don't you tell some friends about it? Sure would appreciate it. Have a great day. <music>